Welcome all to the Daily Crawl podcast. There are a lot of podcasts talking about life hacking, extreme productivity, and outstanding leadership. This is not one of those podcasts. My name is Courtney, and I've worked at a lot of companies. I'm Carl, and I've also worked for years in various office environments. Courtney and I have worked together and crossed paths for many years. Our goal for the show is strictly to share stories that we were either directly involved in or witnessed unfold in some manner. All right, let's get into it. This is the right way to do it. It's the upsell. The Daily Crawl. All right, Courtney, I've got a simple story today. This is another odd job pre-college story. Okay. All right. And and just so we know, we're reflecting back to the, the, this is in the days, a story in the same line, shall I say, as the uh, unfortunate hand plunging incident. So <laughs> yes. same time, timeline. This is same general timeline. This, this was not at the same job as the hand plunger. And I don't want to get the expectations that this is going to be another hand plunger because I think that was stands in its own category. <laughs> and it, yes, yes, it does. But it, but, it, but it, the point is in the theme of pre, you know, professional jobs. However, we kind of like it designated. This is another one kind of that's like a pre-professional job, right? It's like that's right. In in, in that same spirit, this behavior that we'll focus on is is being exhibited by an adult. Ah, excellent. Because okay. certainly, you know, certainly <laughs> teenagers that I might have interacted with, who knows what they're going to do. Right? Yeah, right on, right on. So this, uh, this was in high school, and I was working in the mall. So some people listening will understand what that means if they think about, mm. like, late 80s, early 90s mall. Nowadays, malls have a very different vibe, but in the, in the 80s, oh, yeah, man. malls were it was a very different vibe. Uh, it was a destination, very active place. Oh yeah, I mean it's where you went, right? I mean you, I mean you would schedule your time to go there and hang out. Everybody would go there and hang out. You hang out at the food court. You'd wander around. There were certain kind of shops that you would, you would frequent. The arcade, right? I mean this is yeah. like kind of, I mean I don't know I don't know if malls were totally new, but they were certainly way more popular as a cultural move than they are now. It wasn't so much a shopping destination as a cultural destination. That's, that's right. And this mall in particular was actually built in the mid eighties. So it was, it was like a true eighties mall. Mm, okay. <laughs> One of the, I guess if I remember correctly, probably the first place I went into was a shoe store. Why I thought it would be good to work at a shoe store, who knows? <laughs> but Me neither. I just, I just, you know, went into the mall and I started to just walk and walk in the shops that I thought might be hiring or whatever. I walked into a shoe store and I, yeah. I saw I was working at a shoe store. It, this was not a shoe store that was like a brand name shoe store. This, and again, these were more popular back then. This was like a, 
a house brand shoe store. You know, they had their own brand of tennis shoes, uh, dress shoes, sandals, etc. Okay. Okay. And there were a few of these and they were kind of semi nationwide. Mm-hmm. And I worked at one of those, those value shoe stores again, yeah. why I chose to work there. <laughs> I can't defend, but that's where I was working. Right. Well, you were in high school and, and it just happened, man. That's the way it happened. Um, so the characters here, we have uh, the manager who I'm going to call Trent. We had the assistant mm. manager. I'm going to call Leo. And then there, of course, there were other salespeople, but there was another salesperson I'm going to call Alex that always tended to have the most shifts. So most of the time, or at least my memory is I'm, I'm either working with one of these three people, probably like two of them at a time and kind of just rotating around. And it seemed like the four, it was the four of us that worked there, but there were other people like me that probably floated and cycled through. They were um, in their 20s, and I'm going to just guess mid-20s. I'm not, you know, when you're in high school, sometimes you don't really even think about how old adults are, right? Yeah, um, there's adults. That's kind of what they are, right? Yeah. Um, and they weren't like, they weren't like, they weren't like young. They weren't like fresh out of high school or, or even fresh out of college. But I mean, uh, what I mean by that is they were still young, but they, they, they had a, a couple years of work experience on them. Okay. The manager and the assistant manager for sure. And actually this other guy, they had all worked in the, sh- in this shoe store chain system for a few years. I could tell. And I don't know if that's how they met, but they knew each other really well. And the manager, Trent, got his own store and kind of brought his people to the store. Uh, okay, so they're kind of, and I know what you're kind of talking about, because having worked in similar circumstances, they're like a team. And Trent, like, this is his store. There's a lot of uh, a lot of um, ownership, in, in Trent's mind anyway, of, of the store and, and the way it runs and and in its own way, man, they're they're they they're building they're building their culture in the shoe culture. store. Yeah, and, and it was yeah. sort of like it was their time because they had, they had been in the shoe store system, uh, worked with each other at different locations in different malls around that city, and and in Trent and in Leo, the assistant manager in particular, were really good friends, like really close friends. Like I could tell they were like best friends. Okay, it was a super fun environment for me because it was an early job and we just had fun listening to music and talking. And there was a lot of downtime because when no one was in the store, there wasn't a lot to do. You know, there wasn't a lot of maintenance sure. in the store, you know? So, so when no one was in there, there was a lot of just hanging around. Somebody came in, of course you did your job, but there was, there was enough time to do both. Right. Sure. Um, it was a funny gig. The, these, you know, everybody who worked there was pretty, uh, you know, got along really well. We had a lot of fun hanging out. And one of the things that was fascinating to me is, you know, as much as Trent and Leo, you know, kind of worked through the system and built up to have this store, they were very open about wanting to move beyond working at the shoe store. And, you know, what's, what are they going to do beyond the shoe store? Like n- not work at the shoe store forever. Right on. So like some ask some life aspirations here. They're some talking some about. life aspirations. And it's interesting because like nowadays uh, with people that maybe, you know, really well, they might be, uh, you might get wind of them interviewing with another company or whatever, but you know, your management chain would never openly <laughs> talk to you about 
You know, right. man, I, I can't yeah. wait to get out of here. You know, I just can't right. wait. To yeah, man. Like it's the people like... that you work for, right? Uh, right? Just telling you all the time. Like every time you saw them, they'd, they'd give you updates on like, man, I just can't wait to, you know, get on to my next thing. You know? So it's interesting. So they, 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 they clearly, man, have some skin in the shop. It's some kind of, a, it's an accomplishment for them. They have fun at work. But they're, they're but they're 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 constantly on the hunt for the next thing. So what a strange, what a strange mix, right? Of it's a wild environment, you know. It's yeah, like, it's, hey man, we're gonna have a lot of fun, but God, I can't wait to get out of here, man. <laughs> yeah, it was it, that part of it was yeah. weird, but it. You know what was interesting is me not having a lot of experience. It was it was completely natural in that environment. Well, sure. I mean, you have nothing to to compare it to. It's like maybe this is just the way it is. Yeah, and everybody right. is friends and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, so Trent and Leo, um, one of the things that they're going to do, they both decide somehow, and I don't know, you know, where the lead came from, but they both decide that they're going to apply to join the police force for the city that we work in. Uh, okay. They want to become police officers. They they investigate the police academy, what it takes okay. to get into the police academy, um, what the academy process is, and then what the process is to ultimately become a police officer. So given that, you know, almost every day they talk to you about their aspirations, right? So yep. I'm assuming you heard about a lot of different things they looked into. Like, well, I'm making that assumption. So here, here's kind of what I'm what I'm angling toward because this yeah. is a big choice. Okay, police is yeah. like a lot of people would say that that's a calling, if you will, right? It's a tough, 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 tough job with a lot of sacrifices involved. So was that like, you know, they're like, oh man, I've always wanted to, uh, but yeah, I don't know, man, like work in a you know this kind of shop or get a job making games or get a job doing this kind of stuff. Oh, now we're going to be police officers. Or <laughs> were, were they like always kind of in, that's, into that? Or that's I, good, I'm just curious. That's a very good question. I, I didn't get the impression that they were always into this, but they, I did get the impression that as they explored, this seemed like a very solid, good career move for them that they could turn into, a, a, in their minds, a real career. Okay. That they would be a fit for, I guess, with their, you know, their, their education and everything else at that time that they could, they felt like they could achieve this and that it would be a really solid, good career. So they, it wasn't, it really wasn't a fly by night thing. They had actually spent a, a bit of planning to get into the process because it did, t it did appear and I'm a teenager, so I don't really know, mm -hmm. you know, what that process is. I, I still don't know what the process is, but they had done some investigation and, and had to time it and had to do a lot of preparation. And, and so they were very serious and focused on this endeavor. So, so gut instinct on your side, are these two guys police material? Well, we're going to get to that. Oh, okay. Okay. Great. Great. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm jumping. No, 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 that's I'm, I'm asking because I'm no, thinking, no, no, oh. that's good. That's, that's good. <laughs> okay. So now that they were kind of getting into this process of applying for the police Academy, that would be the discussion on a daily basis of the process. Again, totally made sense in this environment. Thinking back on it, it's weird for your, <laughs> yeah. for your two managers, basically, to be giving you a play-by-play -play of how they're going to escape 
<laughs> yeah, they're going to escape where you're working. Yeah. But, but, you know, it was interesting because, I mean, for me also, this was a high school job and I wasn't thinking this was like going to be a long-term job at all, right? I yeah, wasn't even thinking yeah. like, I'm going to work here my entire high school career. It was sort of like, yeah, I'll probably work here for nine months. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's just kind of, for me, that's kind of how, and a lot of my friends, that's kind of how high school jobs you sort sure. of mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so you get the play-by-play and so they started the process and I guess there was a, uh, I'll call it, you know, again, not, uh, sort of loosely, there was a pre-academy process where you, there was some things like uh, maybe workouts or, or like fitness tests. There were, there were written learning and written tests that okay. they got engaged with. And I remember, I remember Leo in particular was joking because, you know, he was, uh, again, I told you we were like a, a house brand store, not a, not a name brand store. Mm-hmm. He was sort of joking about like how he was running faster with his, you know, with his house brand shoes and the people with Nikes and that kind of stuff. And I mean, it was oh, just okay. funny that like, you know, I was hearing about the process and we talk about it a lot of time, you know, they were sort of tracking along and I just, I, I kind of had started to develop an expectation that they would go through the process and they would become police officers and they would sort of move on. So, you know, that was, that was sort of where we were at, at a certain point in time. So one day I come in for my shift. And, you know, you come in the front, um, uh-huh. there is a back, but for somebody like me, you I just come in the front and then I walk to the back and I, you punch in that was back. Yeah. Yeah. You, I remember punch, punch guards, man. You know, Alex is there. The, the other guy that kind of mm-hmm. I normally work with, I go in the back and Trent is yelling and screaming and basically having a full blown adult tantrum. And I don't, I'd never seen one before. And probably not really since. And he is, and if you can imagine like the shoes, the stock room. Yeah. So you got like shelves, right? Covered shelves. with shoe boxes and stuff. And that's what most of the back is like. There's a tiny office where the managers would, you know, count the change and do uh, scheduling and all that kind of stuff. And the rest of it, for the most part, was stock. He's pulling shoe boxes off and punting them down the aisle and screaming and yelling. And he's just pissed. So what's he screaming? I mean, what, what's he yelling, man? So I, mean... I, I punch in, and I just kind of walk to the front of the store to start my shift. <laughs> that's, that's clutch, man. That's, so, okay, so you couldn't hear him out in front of the store. You know, I don't know if I could swear to that or not. I wasn't, maybe I wasn't paying attention. I, I didn't know what yeah. was going on until I went into the back. You know, and as a high schooler, I totally can see it, man. You just like see this whole meltdown going on. You just punch your card and be like, "Man, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be uninvolved." Yeah, I'm going to be uninvolved in this entire. Well, I didn't want to talk to him because he was pissed, and I, I didn't know what he was pissed about. <laughs> right. uh, and I didn't want to get involved in it, right? <laughs> right on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So this is going on, and and I just, you know, I went to the front of the store, and Alex is up there, and pretty soon Leo shows up. Leo wasn't scheduled to work. But he had talked with Trent or talked with somebody and kind of made his way to the store. And so Alex and, and Leo are telling me, Trent's still pissed in the back. And they're telling me that um, Trent got kicked out of the police academy process. Oh, okay. And then at some point Trent comes out and they tell me that, I guess as part of the process, they do, as you would expect, background checks. Mm-hmm. And so Trent like hadn't been arrested or anything like that, but they went, they called his high school 
and talk to either a counselor or a principal or somebody like that. Mind you, I just saw him having a full-blown meltdown, kicking stuff, you know, pulling shoeboxes off the, the racks and all this kind of Yeah, stuff. man, like some craziness. So apparently I talked to, again, either principal or counselor at his high school in, in the background check. And I'm pleased to hear that they did a thorough check of his references. Sure. yeah. And his high school gave whoever made that call some red flags and said that he had been involved, that he had had a temper in high school, that he had been involved in, you know, some scuffles. And, you know, just they didn't they didn't give him like a firm recommendation that he should become a police officer. He didn't have the temperament to become a police officer. Well, and and, and now you 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 have some semblance about that, given the disaster in the uh, stock room and uh, exactly the fit. Exactly. And, and the strange thing was Trent is hot <laughs> and he's oh, calling BS on the process. He's pissed at his high school. He's he's upset about this. He's they did him wrong you know, unfair, like whatever they were talking about, that wasn't a big deal. And everybody's talking, Leo and Alex both are talking about Trent yeah. was done wrong. You know, this wasn't fair. Meanwhile, I just seen him going literally insane in the back. Insane, man. And he's still hot <laughs> and he's got this ire toward these, these people that he probably hasn't seen in years at his high school that still, when they got the phone call, they remembered him. Yeah, so it's it meant scuffles. If you remember that, and he's to your point, he's in his mid twenties, man. This guy's seven years out of high school, and they know enough to hear his name and say, "Oh, yeah, he had a temper. He probably had more than a temper, man." I'm I'm guessing I'm guessing he was a grade A pud knocker, man, when he was in high school, right? I mean, uh, yes, and you got to think that somebody at his high school knows what that means when they give that feedback. I mean, they're, they're not trying, most people, they don't want to be unfair to somebody's career aspirations. Mm -hmm. if, if, if they really weren't sure, they would have positioned it like either they weren't sure, or if there had been like maybe one incident that was questionable, maybe it wouldn't even come up. But to your point, they know what it means. They, they wouldn't have said anything. Yeah. They know that they're ending this guy's, Exactly. You just nailed it. The bottom line is they they deliberately said enough to torpedo the option. So they have something in their mind, again, many years after having encountered this person, that's like, oh, man, we can't have this guy be a cop. Exactly. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's sticking in their brain. So Trent's out and... The, we came that this topic of discussion for a few weeks was how he'd been done wrong. You know, in my mind, and I, I tried to push a little here and there with some of the other people. No one ever got the irony of the situation. Like, I don't know if irony is even the right word, but you know what I mean? They never got the. Um... Yeah, certainly the, the very fact that like the guy is destroying the stock room talking about how he was done wrong because someone <laughs> exactly. said he had a temper problem. It's like, okay, man, like, uh, like <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. And, and everybody's like, oh yeah, he was, he was totally done wrong as they're like cleaning <laughs> up the entire stock room. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm with you, man. It's like, dude, does, don't any of you like, see, see what just happened back there. Okay. So Leo was in the same program, right? 
Good question. So he, Leo, Leo was actually able to continue. Something happened where he sort of petered out. It wasn't, it wasn't so much a situation like that. I just, I think there was like rigor. There was like test. There were more physical tests. There were more written tests. And at some point, I think he kind of fell out of the process as well. But he did actually have a chance. He, he, he did go a little bit further. And it, that, they were kind of bummed out about that because they were going to do this together. Sure, sure. Wow, man. Uh, let's say whoever it was, that counselor, that principal, uh, they did us a solid yeah. at some point. So, so you come, so in this, so I have a, another a, a comment here. So you come in the front, you go right by the Alex guy. He doesn't throw you any hand signs, any signals that, hey, by the way, man, a Trent's destroying the stock room. He's just he's just <laughs> hanging out there question. and just let you wander by and go like cold cold check in. I, I I'm I'm thinking of like questions yeah. and this is my last one on my current list. I'm like Yeah, so Alex was like the most chill guy ever. He would just hang out. No, it, that's not his style. He wouldn't I mean, I, to your point, most people would have done would have given you a face or something like that. <laughs> that wasn't his style. He was just like Slow and smooth. Yeah, but man, I mean, his stuff could get you killed. I mean, it was, he was hilarious. I mean, he was funny, but no, to your, that's a great question. It, probably if it had been anybody else working at that moment, they probably would, would have given a heads up. I, I, I'm sure I would have had to. If nothing else, just like pointed and, and given a face or something. Yeah. Yeah, like, get, get ready, man, this guy, and he's all just hanging out, like, <laughs> hey, you know, peace <laughs> on, brother, check in, and you're like, oh, my God, man, this guy's, like, destroying the office back here. Yeah, so, so that's, that's actually my story. I just, it, it, was, it was an interesting story I remember happening from that point in time. What a trip, man, that you, uh, <laughs> the anchor management uh, shoe store. Okay, Carl, uh, we got some feedback from listeners. So let's start it off with some feedback from Neil. Uh, the subject, <laughs> that's gross. Tell me another. Nice subject, really caught the eye. Here we go, I'll read it. Corporate pedicure, hand sniffing and plunging, queso chugging. Listening to some of the stories on this podcast reminds me of the hours I wasted in the UT Austin Student Computer Center in 1990 reading the Usenet group's alt.tasteless. Uh, but your stories have an, have an added layer of entertainment. As you try to imagine what the actors were thinking and feeling, what they expected to happen, and how things could have gone differently. When I ask questions like these of some storytellers, the response is something like, how the hell should I know? But y'all revel in going there. As you reflect on the maturity levels of yourselves and the people in the stories, it strikes me that you have both a growth and a gross mindset. Thanks for sharing. Very nice, Neil. <laughs> that is very nice. <laughs> uh, it's, it's fun to speculate what people were thinking because when you look back on something with some wisdom, if you will, man, you even have to look at what you did, right? You're like, oh, man. Yeah. Uh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> if it doesn't quite make sense, while things unfolded the way they did, it's a nice thought exercise to try to figure out why. 
because if there's no yeah. sort of obvious explanation, you know, an obvious <laughs> motivation, it's like, why in the world did this behavior come to pass? And and sometimes we still don't know, but it's fun to talk about it. Uh, exactly. you know, there are times when you, you're right. It's like, oh my God, man, why would someone do a thing like that? I don't know, man. Let's talk about it a little bit. Like, why? Why maybe would you do it? I don't know. It's kind of fun, but uh, I enjoyed. I enjoyed uh, that snippet of of the feedback for sure. Yeah, and the the other thing that I um, noticed, I've never. First of all, I love the throwback to Usenet groups. Mm-hmm. Some listeners may not have any idea what that is, See, even if they were around during Usenet groups. <laughs> yeah. But I've never heard of this Usenet group alt tasteless, but. I will probably do some kind of like inter- internet archive search to, to see what kind of stories were, were shared back then. I, I captured an action because uh, I think that's probably important. Uh, so thanks for that as well, Neil. All right. Uh, we also got uh, a note from longtime listener Otter Stew uh, catching up on a past episode regarding the hand plunger. <laughs> <laughs> Two items. <laughs> Number one, if I were that manager with his mindset, I would have sought out a package of large garbage bags. I would have used three layers of those on my arm to do the dirty work, plus a few around my body and on the floor. The gloves were grossly insufficient. Uh, Yeah. I, I, I agree with the gloves were grossly insufficient for sure. The rest of that, I don't know that I would have done the... The triple bag maneuver. Um, I, I think the f- so a- absolutely as we discussed the gloves, not 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 going to do the job. I'm with you, Carl. I would say this: the 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 faulty thinking was having anyone stuff their arm under any circumstances into that festering cesspool. Doing it by wrapping garbage bags, it's still not okay. Uh, but even if it were the manager, it's not okay, man. It was, um, well, I, I think you know, yeah. Uh, so you and I agree on that. I, I guess the, the I, I appreciate though the thought here that the manager should be willing to do it himself. I, I, I we we mentioned that too. And I, if anybody's going to do it, and if the yes. if it's the manager's idea, then I, I agree with he's he's the one to do it. Well, and, and, you know, having said all that, you do have to appreciate, I mean, Otter Stew dug in here to find a way to maintain some level of sanitary behavior, you know, just given the atrocity of the act in and of itself, right? So there was a lot of energy went into saying like, well, if I had to, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'd try to... uh I don't know, man, you know, spread as few germs as possible with some trash bags. So, all yeah. right. And he continues. So this, this may, so I, I read this, this, this may shed some light on maybe the motivation. Uh, it says, uh, number two, when I was 18 years old, I worked at a department store. This was a large organization of regional and national department stores. One day I was walking along <laughs> toward the main office with the store manager. There was some sort of crisis. I think it was in the bathrooms and he needed to address it. He was quite extroverted and started talking to me as we walked to the door, walked to the area. Uh, he made it abundantly clear that the higher-ups in that company were insistent that the store managers do everything they could to solve problems, such as a clogged toilet, mm-hmm. prior to calling for outside professionals. 
He was very concerned that he would go over his limited outside help budget if he needed to call a plumber to solve the problem. Maybe the manager at the grocery store noted in the podcast had a similar directive from the corporate offices. Okay, so so there there's some evidence uh, based on we had that question right because we were yeah. like, well, you had posited that maybe you know there was some kind of budget control mechanism, and and I, I totally get it. I, I would. Uh, I, I think in your story, maybe the thing that differentiated it was that uh, if he had that directive, his first line of thought was to get someone else to stuff their hand <laughs> in the toilet, <laughs> you know? Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, maybe that's it. It's like, hey, I'm willing for you to uh, catch a deadly disease, man, to not call a plumber. Uh, tells you something. <laughs> There's something about the world back then, maybe the industry or something. Yeah. 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 Actually both of these pieces of feedback. So thank you both kind of actually tie together because we, we said, why would somebody do something? I still don't think we've cracked the full motivation on the hand plunger. I, I I don't think that came from a, a normal place, but, uh, (laughs) but, but (laughs) Stu's point about the budget, which we had discussed as well, you know, maybe the manager felt a lot of pressure, but to our point, like his his first instinct seemed like a really strange place to start. It, it, it yeah, it, it really did. I mean, um, you know, we assume, like we talked about, that plunging apparatus was, I, I assume, explored. It was attempted. Yeah, yeah. So you know. I don't know, you know, and then the second option, man, sticking your arm in there. I, I, I still, uh, there, there's a lot of space in between the plunger not working and me putting on clinching gloves and stuffing my arm up to the shoulder into a, a foul toilet. I mean, right, there's, there's some daylight in there. And I think that, um, you know, again, I mean, I appreciate the Ingenuity Otterbox is talking about the garbage bags and stuff, but man, even prior to thinking, it's that that was the next step. Okay, yeah. we're going to have to dig in. You know, literally, <laughs> uh, to the, it's like, man, I think, I think there are options in between there before the plumber. Yeah, that would be my a lot of daylight in between plunger, arm and poop. <laughs> Not a daylight. <laughs> and, and by the way, I'm I'm <laughs> I, I'm I'm happy and surprised that uh, the hand plunger left such a uh, impression that uh, we're still getting feedback. So love that, man. It it was uh it was outstanding, right? I, I mean, you got to think it encompasses kind of everything that 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 we've we we had this podcast about. I mean, it's got poor decision-making, extremely poor management uh, techniques. Um, obviously, I think you could officially define that as a hostile work environment. I don't know. I'm going to go out yeah. on a limb, but I would guess that that's probably not the only time uh, a less than optimal suggestion was put forth by that manager. I mean, this yeah, is this, this, one that we saw. Yeah, there, there, was, there was a breakdown in the solutioning process there. <laughs> yeah, so I, you know, I, I think that that's why, and, and it's, it's horrifying. I mean, there's no one that can't visualize the atrocity that was that whole 
that whole act, man. <laughs> so yeah. I think it's it's a it's a great one, and and obviously a user favorite and <laughs> my favorites as well, man. I love it. <laughs> oh goodness, great <laughs> feedback though. I mean, great feedback. Yeah. If you didn't like this show, then we have more of the same in previous episodes and coming up on future ones. So join us next time for another story. If you have a topic or feedback you want to tell us about, send it to us at thedailycrawlfeedback at gmail.com. And please share the show with friends, maybe some coworkers. Also, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. We're told that helps to get the word out. And thanks for joining. Until next time. You are not alone. giving you any kind of heads up man that this guy's melting down i mean i get that he's mellow but it's like couldn't even give you like a quick nod like hey man uh dude's having a meltdown back there it's like nah nah i am curious like what in the hell made you pick that place man that's a good question like you mentioned earlier like it's hip to work in the mall wasn't hip to work there like, that's maybe the one place not... That's maybe, like, the one non-hip place to work. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, there's so many... And, dude, especially uh, it, at that time, that mall was full. Well, I, I, I know that I walked in the entrance and hooked a left, and I think it was the second store that I came to in my job search. And I think I walked in there. This guy, Trent, said... Yeah, like, let's walk up to the food court and I'll talk to you about it. Like, I think it happened pretty quick. That was it, they just got you, man.